You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Innovation, innovation, innovation. It's the Prime Minister's watchword, and it's slipped its way into every announcement over the past six months. And now a report from Curtin University has identified the state of innovation in Australia and analyses if Australia is really positioned for an ideas boom. I'm Education Editor James Wells and Director of the Bank West Curtin Economic Centre, Professor Alan Duncan, joins me to discuss the report. So what does this report tell us about the state of innovation in Australia and is Australia positioned for Malcolm Turnbull's ideas boom? Well, this is a, a new report um, from the Bank West Curtin Economic Centre. Um, and the intention behind the report is effectively to answer uh, the question in the title, are we positioned in Australia for an ideas boom? Um, we look at uh, productivity and uh, more particularly innovation trends and uh, how Australia fares internationally uh, in terms of its standing as an innovative uh, nation. Um, now, what we find is that uh, if you look at the, the various measures in um, the uh, the much-anticipated National Innovation and Science Agenda uh, that Prime Minister Turner launched in, in December. Um, there are a coherent um, uh, set of uh, measures uh, in place. Uh, um, the commitment of nearly 1.1 billion um, uh, in uh, resources uh, towards um, 28 action areas, including de-risking of startups, investing in STEM, uh, education, attracting entrepreneurs from overseas and strengthening links between industry and universities. All of these measures are really very strong, but um, uh, despite that, we do feel that there are one or two risks uh, to delivery of the intention of the ideas boom. And uh, one of the the key findings in the report uh, is that uh, in terms of the um, uh, the level of, uh, of funding available for particularly early stage uh, uh, innovative activity um, and particularly amongst the small business sector, um, that level of uh, or that share of investment has fallen. It's almost halved indeed over the last decade from uh, around 41 percent to 16% of total investment. And that's a concern because investment at an early stage of a business venture is precisely where uh, the ideas come from, where uh, the creative entrepreneurship happens. Uh, to, found, to find that, um, uh, that the share of investment uh, at those early stages has fallen uh, is, is quite a cause for concern. Why has this happened? There are a number of possible reasons uh, for the drop. Um, uh, one is simply that uh, uh, the comparison took place um, uh, between uh, the investment shares in the height of the resources boom and recent investment shares. And uh, we know that the economy uh, in Australia and indeed the world has tightened significantly, and that may be um, uh, leading people towards more conservative or risk-averse investment strategies. It may also be the case um, that it's uh, increasingly hard to attract um, overseas um, investment, uh, the venture capital, later stage private equity uh, into Australia. Um, uh, but for, you know, for whatever uh, the reason, um, it's clearly something that um, uh, we need to deal with. Um, incentivizing new businesses is critical to the delivery of Australia's innovation strategy. Um, and so in that regard, uh, I think we need to understand why and, and, and possibly um, uh, improve the incentives for, uh, for uh, entrepreneurship in Australia. 
are there policies in, in place that could actually prevent entrepreneurship or be a barrier to it? A number of the barriers may be uh, either legacy or uh, geographic. Um, uh, Australia, as we know, is, um, is an isolated um, uh, country. Um, and to a degree, that could explain some of the difficulties in particularly attracting overseas investment to the state. But um, I think the world has got smaller. Uh, and so, you know, that can't be the lion's share of that explanation. There are some suggestions that um, uh, the tax settings um, don't uh, sufficiently well incentivize uh, investment and you know, particularly uh, um, venture capital investment. Um, and uh, uh, there are also um, uh, policies that perhaps penalize too highly uh, businesses um, who may fail in the course of their, um, their uh, sort of creative endeavor. Um, so in that regard, uh, looking again at uh, incentivization and tax incentivization for early stage investment, looking at support for small business innovators and looking to reduce the penalties for business failure. These are all, uh, I think, key uh, to really um, um, uh, reinforcing the momentum behind the ideas boom. And to simplify, this report identified that larger firms are more likely to be innovation active. Could you give us a bit more in detail about that and what, and what sort of form this innovation takes? Uh, at one level, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, we looked at the uh, percentage of businesses by um, business size. Uh, that is the number of employees that were engaged uh, in um, innovation. And we also looked at uh, it's like the degree of novelty of that innovation uh, in either product or process. Um, now, uh, whilst it is the case that larger businesses uh, do record um, a larger percentage of innovation activity. Um, the the smaller business um, sector do appear uh, proportionately uh, to introduce innovations that are globally um, uh, innovative. That is to say, uh, new um, innovations that are um, new to the world. Uh, and so I think that's quite a lesson. Um, uh, in absolute terms, there are about the same levels of, of new to the world innovation in Australia um, uh, amongst the small business sector uh, as they are in um, uh, in the, the largest business size. So um, uh, I think that uh, that reinforces uh, the fact that um, uh, small and medium enterprises are, are really an engine of uh, economic growth, an engine of ideas. And uh, whatever we can do uh, to support uh, the increased activity in that sector uh, uh, is, is all to the good, in my view. And this report developed an innovation index. Can you tell us a bit more about that? That's right. Um, the, um, uh, the, uh, the BCC um, has generated a new uh, composite uh, index of innovation activity that we apply uh, to um, uh, regions of Australia. Um, the, the index combines uh, a range of measures either of innovation or inputs into the innovation process, um, looking at patents, um, uh, trademarks, uh, levels of R&D investment, um, the, uh, the, uh, the proportion of new business entries into a region, and also proximity to uh, universities and uh, research institutions, uh, as well as the stock of highly educated workforce. Um, the index um, reveals some you know, quite fascinating patterns of um, innovation and innovation hotspots. 
Um, we found, for example, that according to our index, um, if you rank um, by uh, the, the sort of level and strength of innovation, New South Wales um, ranks highest with eight of the top 20 most innovative suburbs in Australia, followed by Queensland, interestingly, with seven and Victoria with five. Queensland's quite an interesting um, case study. Um, it also shows the greatest increases in innovation performance over the last five years, with um, uh, 13 of the top 20 most improved regions uh, being in, um, in Queensland. And it's no coincidence in our view that um, uh, Queensland has had a long history of promoting innovation activity going way back to uh, Peter Beattie's smart state initiatives. And um, if we're starting to see um, the fruits uh, of those, um, uh, those initiatives, or indeed continuing to see the fruits of those initiatives, then I think it reinforces the role for government in, in setting a, a strong policy agenda uh, to promote um, and creative entrepreneurship and new ideas. Mm -hmm. And Victoria's also um, got its education state policies. Is, could, is this a projection now? It can become an, innov an innovation hotspot as well. That's right. One of the other things that uh, emerged from um, our uh, innovation index is that um, regions which have um, co-location of, uh, of businesses uh, and uh, university um, uh, campuses or research uh, uh, institutions uh, seem to deliver higher rates of innovation, substantially higher rates of innovation. This is true whether or not you look at Victoria or New South Wales or uh, Queensland. Uh, the hotspots that we see um, seem to uh, emerge around the fringes of the CBD uh, in areas where there is a definite uh, dynamic in um, uh, particularly small businesses co-locating co uh, with universities and research organisations. And I think that also sends a signal that some of the policy um, uh, elements in the innovation statement uh, that was launched in December around promoting industry university collaborations. That's a very sensible and potentially powerful um, uh, policy lever uh, to use to, to drive the ideas boom. So there was a correlation between proximity to a university and innovation? That's right. There's a, um, there's a correlation. We don't uh, go as far as to, um, uh, to explore um, sort of causality, but I think the association um, does reflect anecdotal um, uh, evidence from uh, senior figures who have visited, uh, for example, Queensland and commented on the energy and the dynamism of the, of the innovation sector that exists in that state. Um, so, you know, clearly creating that um, creative environment uh, is something that, um, uh, that, that, that uh, yields very strong returns and it's something potentially that other states and territories, um, uh, you know, could uh, replicate. Just one last question. Is there a correlation between innovation and international collaboration? We looked at the degree to which uh, companies in Australia engage in collaboration with international partners and in particular we compared Australia's uh, rate of engagement uh, internationally uh, with those of other OECD countries um, and we found a result which was quite surprising um, that um, amongst uh, innovation active firms in Australia 
uh, only 7.7% of those firms have international collaborations, and that compares with an OECD average of nearly 18%. Um, so Australia sits, you know, very, very far below OECD average and very far below many um, other um, OECD comparator countries. And that does beg the question why, whether or not our geographical um, dislocation is a sufficient explanation for that uh, low uh, level of international collaboration, or whether or not there are some other issues at play, you know, perhaps uh, a different mindset uh, regarding the, the power and the benefits from international collaboration. But what we do know is that um, uh, uh, collaboration with international partners does appear uh, to provide opportunities, uh, both in relation to exposure uh, to uh, new um, innovations and uh, you know state-of-the-art technologies, but also um, the availability of commercialization opportunities. So if there is a bit of a disconnect um, uh, uh, amongst Australian firms as to the benefits of international collaboration, that's something I think that needs to be turned around.